Ron, you did that fun interview about Roadside America. Do you think the days of Americana are numbered? I don't know, because all the things I can think of are old. Yeah. I think of the world's largest ball of twine. Right. I think of, you know, where I grew up, the monkey jungle, the sea aquarium. I mean, these were really earnest efforts to capture nature in ways that today look totally well, just out of place, to say the least. So I'm curious to know if there are any modern iterations of the largest ball of twine. I would suggest that the current version of Americana is Dollywood in Mm. my native East Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think not only is it one of the most popular places in America, but it's a place that goes with basically the same pure heart, the the same sincerity that you see in roadside America, that, you know, you go there for America distilled for a certain kind of nostalgia, but that's also affirming. The music would be too earnest, you know, for most media, the singing on the stage and the dancing, but somehow it fits into the whole spirit of Dollywood, which is, this is our home. This is who we are. It's okay to celebrate it. Nathan, what do you got? Well, I think part of what makes um, Americana, you know, speak to us or sing to us in some ways is that the context of late 20th century America really did see the evisceration of local places, right? That you have suburbs and motels and billboards. I mean, there's so many markers of the repeating landscape that if you find a place that has a sense of its local fare and local products and local identity, it really does stick out amidst the Starbucks and the Motel 6s and such. And so in some ways, I'm a little bit less familiar with what makes a kind of, you know, Americana place where I grew up. I mean, I remember, for instance, the Miccosukee Indian villages or some sense of local antique shop being grounded in a way that, say, the big box retailers of my childhood or the big corporate movie theaters simply weren't. But I'm curious, Brian, I mean, we're actually from the same place, just a couple, you know, years removed, I'd say. I mean, was your sense of South Florida, did it have a kind of Americana that you could identify? Absolutely. It had nothing but these tourist attractions that Mm. were trying to trade on what the tourists assumed Miami was, this kind of place where you could be in direct contact with nature. So you could sidle right up to Hugo the killer whale as though you'd really see Hugo the killer whale out in Biscayne Bay. No, you wouldn't. Right. But I want to also touch on the Miccosukee Indians, Mm -hmm. and I want to touch on billboards, and I want to touch on a place that had signs for 100 miles before you got there. I don't know if Ed ever went by this, south of the border. I knew that's what you were going to (laughs) say. South of the border between North Carolina and South Carolina. That's right. So I'm guessing about the Miccosukee Indians and definitely south of the border. There were a lot of racial slurs embedded in these places. And if we had to pick a turning point and maybe the death of Americana as we've been talking about it, and I hate to pick on Lady Bird Johnson, but it might be those billboards. It might be the, quote, beautification program. Of course, a national effort to help clean up the environment, get rid of all this claptrap, and make things kind of more sanitized, if you will. What do you think, Nathan? I don't even know if you saw all those billboards. They looked homemade, you know, literally hand-painted, and they'd go on for hundreds of miles. And if you were on a really boring road trip, 
I loved them. I couldn't wait for the next one. Of I mean, course, you they would stop it south of the board just to hope the signs would go away. <laughs> <laughs> and today I talk about them because they were horribly racist and they mm. traded on racial stereotypes. I just didn't know that as a young kid. Yeah, I mean, I have, you know, very little um, in the way of personal memories of that stuff. But I do think, you know, just thinking even in broad sweeps, that there are ways in which some of the reforms that helped to change depictions of different stereotypes met with an explosion of different forms of marketing, right, and, and different ways of redefining America, even the expansion of the highways and cities off of the highways and suburbs off those highways. I mean, it seems to me, at least, that there's a way to look at the life cycle of Americana and think about it almost in direct relationship to where it's located relative to mass transit and mass transportation, right? With those spaces that had to identify as something that was special, be it, you know, south of the border theme park or the Miami International Airport, there are ways in which they had to evolve or they maintained a certain kind of you know, local fare in the case of south of the border and became almost caricatures of themselves. Yeah. I mean, right. in a way... That park is not in any way a reflection of Mexican-Americans, but is instead a reflection of Americana on its own and, and how kind of silly it can be sometimes, you know? You know, you said something, Nathan, that makes me think the form that Americana takes today is the other side of the mirror on that, which is a yearning for authenticity. Right. I think it's farm-to-table food. Oh. I think that how would you get past the fast food places on the interstate? Right, right. You'd pull off the interstate and go to a place and see where they're making something that's specific not only to this geography but to this season. So I think they know that we've kind of come out the other side of Americana and it became sort of corporatized. And now we're trying to find something that couldn't be mass-produced by its very nature right. because it's something from here made by hand at the farmer's market. And, you know, it feels healthy and good to us. And it also knows that you're supporting the same kinds of small family businesses that were running all those things that we call Americana. Now they're farmers and craftspeople. 